Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Over the last several years, Michigan's population has been dropping. So the governor created a new position to flip the script. My primary concern and the mandate from the governor's office is to think about growing our state's population, really future-proofing our state. Hillary Doe has been tasked with selling Michigan as the place to live. So what's the plan? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Between April of 2020 and July of 2022, Michigan's population dropped by over 40,000 people. This is at a time when the country is growing as a whole. So in June, Governor Gretchen Whitmer appointed Hillary Doe to be Michigan's first chief growth officer. Hillary and I sat down earlier this week to talk about how she plans to attract new and former residents alike. And we talk about that pesky age question. When you talk about growing Michigan, what does that mean? Well, it's the first in Michigan's history, of course, and the first in the nation. So I think that's one of the things that's really exciting about it because the title does convey a real breadth of how we might think about growing our state. But my primary concern and the mandate from the governor's office is to really think about growing our state's population and really future-proofing our state to continue, you know, investing in our communities, but also in the real opportunities that we all have to build new and exciting kind of economic transformation here in the state around, you know, the green economy and a bunch of the sort of future mobility, these areas that, you know, we haven't realized yet, but that Michigan has a right to be at the forefront of. So yeah, as Chief Growth Officer, that's the mandate. It's grow Michigan, grow our population, grow our communities, whether that takes policy work, thinking about incentives new and differently um, for individuals, or thinking about branding and marketing and the stories we tell. I don't want to be overly dramatic, but what does the battlefront in this area look like? I did a story about six weeks ago about these signs that were popping up in downtown Detroit, and they were for Ohio, and they were tourism signs. But when I dug more deeply, those signs, while intended for tourism, were also intended to recruit people 
to move to Ohio. And so that kind of stuff is happening right on your own doorstep. I wonder what that competition looks like. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a battlefront, but I agree with you that definitely there is a lot of competition. And the reason why is because the population growth effort is not one that's unique to Michigan. States across the country are facing a similar challenge. So Michigan is one of 18 states that struggled with population growth last time around and actually decreased in population. But across the country, we're seeing really low rates of geographic mobility that have always been critical in the United States for driving economic growth. So really folks across the country are in this thinking about their futures, presumably. What's exciting about Michigan is that instead of taking a siloed approach, sort of, you know, one program or one campaign, you know, the governor's office took this on in a really broad way, both kicking off the Growing Michigan Together Council that I'm going to be serving as executive director of but also with this chief growth officer role so that we can think about it really comprehensively. Again, whether that takes policy ideas or incentives, whether it takes, you know, branding or marketing. So we can like really tackle it broadly. And it is a pretty audacious thing to say that, you know, we're going to grow this population no matter what and ensure that Michigan remains competitive economically, that our workforce is competitive economically, that we have a right to the opportunities that are right on our doorstep in terms of, you know, continued economic growth, and that our quality of life can continue to be high and strong and improving in communities across the state to which, you know, population growth is really critical. So it's definitely the case that there are other people, you know, making a play and a pitch, but not in expansive a breadth, I'd argue. And Michigan has some really unique opportunities because a lot of places we're seeing population growth historically across the country, you know, your Arizonas and Nevadas are also really struggling with other things. There's some of the folks facing the largest challenge in climate resilience with heat and water. And Michigan is obviously ranked first in climate resilience. So we are going to, you know, lean into our strengths, our incredible people, our incredible rich history, the economic opportunity here. And also, like I mentioned, kind of our right to lead this sort of green economy going forward. So today's story that I'm doing is about Michigan transplants, right? And you were one of them. I've been one of them. I wonder, maybe not a sales pitch, because you mentioned that there's not a siloed approach to this, that it's multifaceted. But for those people that have left, what do you not only say, but what do you do to bring them back? Yeah. Well, first, if I could... I'm grateful that you're doing this story and for all the coverage that other folks have done. And I really mean that sincerely because I named that it's audacious to take this on. It also requires enough humility to know that we can't do it. No one can do this by themselves. It's going to take all of us. And that means really listening to folks' stories both the folks that have made the decision to leave, who've made the decision, like I did at one point, right, to pursue a career elsewhere, what have you, and also to the folks who've made the decision to come back, because arguably those perceptions, the factors that went into their decision-making is some of the most critical data and information we'll need going forward. And the fact that Michigan is listening also is a distinctive competency of ours and something that sets us apart, that we want the communication to be both ways. And I do authentically. And in fact, we just launched growingmichigan.org, which doesn't have as much information on it yet, but you can see one of the first things that's there is a submit your story opportunity for anybody across the state or outside the state to submit a story about why they chose to stay or why they felt they might need to leave, what might be in the way, and also any ideas they have as we're coming up with a strategic plan here to grow the state. So just grateful for those stories um, and also an open invitation 
to folks to continue submitting them going forward so that we can really listen and build our strategy accordingly. In terms of what my story was and sort of the pitch for me to come home, I'm from Michigan originally, grew up in Monroe County, went to school at the University of Michigan for undergrad and grad school, and then spent about a decade in other parts of the country, mostly in New York. And I had my first child in New York City. Mm-hmm. I started to think about, you know, what mattered to me for quality of life and also for the impact that I was going to make on this planet to the extent that I could make one and we all, I think, want to do. And Michigan was right at the center of the answer to all those questions. The quality of life I was able to find by moving back here to Detroit um, from Brooklyn and being able to you know, jump on a bike and be downtown in 10 minutes with my kids, the ability to buy a home in Indian Village here in the city and have a yard mattered to me. The ability to have a great job here mattered to me and as has been covered a lot recently, um, we're doing great on job growth here in Michigan. I need to continue to lean into that. And frankly, I believe that we really are at the forefront, at the vanguard of some of these sort of most exciting moments for innovation and technology, and that Michiganders will lead the way there. I already mentioned electric vehicles, but the same is true in you know, future mobility and clean energy. And most states can't make that case that you have this trifecta of natural beauty and sort of the, our cultural institutions, great diversities, as well as a policy landscape that's listening and responding and trying to continue growing. And third, these real economic opportunities, not just to you know, have a great life for yourself, but to do something that can help all of us. We're talking about transplants, but I am curious, what about those that are not natives, right? Those that are not like you and I that did not grow up here. How do you attract them from whether it's New York or Arizona or Alabama? It doesn't matter. How do you pitch to those that may not have that sentimental tie like we do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's pretty similar, actually. You don't have to be from here to be seeking a place where you can have a really great quality of life and seek that natural beauty and what have you, as well as an opportunity, like I said, to really put your thumb on the scale in some of these burgeoning industries. We saw other places across the country grow in similar ways. Colorado has really leaned into its natural beauty and its sort of quality of life and lifestyle as a means of growth. Michigan has just as good a claim to that, if not better. We're you know, sitting surrounded by 80% of North America's fresh water and incredible beauty all around us. We saw obviously the Silicon Valley region grow on the back of burgeoning technology and innovation. And arguably we have just as good of a claim there now because we are leaning into innovation and technology that's also purpose-driven for a lot of folks who want to be part of an answer to the climate crisis, for example, and can do that in Michigan in a way that they might not be able to do it anywhere else in the country. So those are, you know, just a few of, I think, the, the many reasons that folks are choosing Michigan and will continue to. And like I said, we're all about continuous improvement. So I really do believe that the work is also listening to folks who are making the decision, you know, to, to go so that we can call them home and um, really bring them into this with us. How much of this conversation is about age? Because there's been so much talk around age lately. You and I both know this, but anybody can contribute to our economy. People talk about young people, and that's the driver. But then I also think about, like, younger people. I have a seven-year-old, right? I have small children, too. Is some of this targeted at maybe even him? Because you want him to think forwardly, and ultimately you'd like him to stay. I just wonder how you think about age, because it can be kind of a hot-button topic, but it's necessary to think about and talk about. No, I love that question, actually, thinking about, you know, talking about the place that you choose 
to even, you know, really young folks like our kids. There are a couple answers to your question. One, you know, a lot of the reason that age is on everyone's mind is because high mobility individuals, you know, you can sort of look across the country at who's moving, who high mobility folks are, who the risks are for retention and who is a great target for attraction. And what we do see, right, are that young folks, recent graduates, young families are all really incredible folks to target because they are relatively high mobility. They're sort of making these decisions that put them in different parts of the country. They might stay there for some time once they've made those choices. So we do want to be in front of those folks with our message and also to invest in the communities that those folks want to live in, both place-based solutions, project-based solutions, economic growth solutions, policy solutions, to build an environment that, you know, will really retain the communities that we've got and also speak to some of those high mobility individuals. But to your point, there are other folks across the age spectrum. I mean, our older workers here in Michigan are critical to our labor force participation rate and a strong workforce and have so much to continue to offer to the state. They're relatively high mobility. We see lots of retired folks making choices about where they want to live and should they choose to pick Michigan. It's exciting for us for so tons of reasons, including intergenerational families that are coming to be closer together post-pandemic and want to stay together. So there's really nobody from the seven-year-olds that you mentioned, my child's seven as well, all the way up to, you know, the parents who live in the state that I moved back to be near who matter as part of this. And, and we're really trying to take a broad approach. Having my son close to my parents is just, it's the best because I lived in Arizona, like I said, when he was born, uh, that was a challenge. And so speaking of challenge, what are your challenges here? Michigan is a wonderful place. I know I'm biased. I'm from here. I live here. But the numbers are dropping. We see them and that's why you're here. So I wonder what you see as the things you have to overcome. Yeah, I mean, that's why I really leaned hard into being about, you know, continuous improvement because there's lots of incredible opportunity here and also lots of incredible beauty and natural resource, like we mentioned. And we know that we have this challenge and we want to take it on with eyes wide open, you know, clear eyed and, and looking for solutions. You know, some of our challenges include um, ensuring that, for example, our education system is an asset and never a liability for re retaining and attracting folks. We do a pretty good job on retention in the state relative to other places, but we want to make sure that, you know, we're able to really um, develop incredible workers for the future economy, innovators, entrepreneurs, as well as, you know, be a great place for young families to raise their kids and, and want to stay and invest. So we're continuing to think about K-12 education and higher as well as credentialing. There are two of our work groups for the council are rooted in those areas. We also have a challenge, as we think we all can agree, on infrastructure and placemaking. Our infrastructure rating isn't where we want it to be as a state. We need to invest in that. And also think about solutions that are really important to folks from a placemaking perspective. So how are we leveraging and using our downtowns to feel really interesting and sort of worth being in for folks for, for generations to come? How are we thinking about transit and access to jobs and work? So infrastructure in place is another one of those work groups. And the fourth is jobs, talent, and economy. So to restate them, there's infrastructure in place, pre-K to 12 higher ed and jobs, talent, economy. And that fourth one's there because we know that we need to be investing in the sort of jobs of the future and building economies that are really robust here for our folks so that, you know, you can work remotely. You can do that here. If you need to find a great job in your field, you can do that here. We don't want folks to feel like in order to work in a given field, they need to go to the coasts or to elsewhere in the country. They're able to really have a complete pathway here from education to work to the quality of life that you want to build for your family. So there are real, you know, challenges. And the only way that you can take those on is with eyes wide open. So we're excited to take some swings with that and continuing to improve that value prop for folks from Michigan and outside of it. 
Today's big thanks goes out to Hillary Doe for taking the time to sit down with me. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want the Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.